Welcome back to the Recalibrate Podcast. I'm your host, JC. Each week, I talk about my experience in ways that I've made small shifts in certain areas to improve my mindfulness, mental health, and happiness. If you're listening to this on the day that it's launched, happy Valentine's Day. I thought today would be the perfect day to make this episode all about falling in love with yourself and building self-confidence. Before we get into the episode, if you could take a moment and follow on whatever platform you listen to, that would be amazing. All right, let's get into it. I've talked about this in a lot of my other episodes, but I wanted to dedicate a full episode to it here because I really think that building self-confidence and love for yourself is the foundation to everything else that I talk about on this podcast. And I really think that building your relationship with yourself is the most important thing that you can do, no matter what other things that you're doing for your mental and physical health. If you're not working on the relationship with yourself, you won't receive the whole benefits of everything else that you're working for. I think this topic is super, super important. I'm really excited to talk about it. It's something that I've worked on a lot and something that I continue to work on. So I'm right there with you. (laughs) I know that obviously being nice to yourself and really developing that sense of confidence is by no means easy, but I think it is so, so worth it. The actual word confidence comes from a Latin word fidere, which means to trust. So self-confidence is having trust in oneself, which I think is really interesting because a lot of times people think confidence is this perfect, unrealistic standard that people are just lucky to have. Like they either are confident or they're not based on what they look like, how much money they have, what job they have. And that is definitely not the case. Self-confidence really just means to have a positive belief that you can generally accomplish what you want to do. It's self-assurance in your own personal judgment, your ability, and it comes from a result of experiences of having completed those activities. Now, as I was looking deeper into this, as I always do with these podcast episodes, I actually found an interesting link with the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So, if you haven't heard of this theory, which I'm sure most of you have if you've taken any sort of business or psychology or marketing class, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs is basically a pyramid that shows how people are motivated to achieve certain needs and which needs are like our basic needs versus which ones we're more motivated to achieve. The pyramid is interesting because it starts out with your deficiency needs, so things that would decrease your motivation if they're not met. So this is like your physiological needs, basic food, water, shelter, safety having a roof over your head, and then above that, love and a sense of belonging, and then above that, esteem, and then it turns into your growth needs. So self-actualization is the one at the top, which is more so that you can work on the things that bring you a sense of fulfillment and purpose. Now, how does this tie into confidence, you might say? Abraham Maslow, who created this theory, a theory of human motivation, argued that an individual is only motivated to acquire self-confidence after achieving what they need for physical physiological survival, safety, love, and belonging, and he claimed that satisfaction of self-esteem led to feelings of self-confidence, and then that led to a desire for self-actualization, which, like I said, is basically you working on things that fulfill you and really bring you a true sense of deep purpose. That's the highest level of the pyramid. So if your basic needs are not being met, you are not going to be able to really, truly focus on what's at this top of the pyramid. I would say now I'm at a place where I'm a relatively confident person. I truly believe in my capabilities to do something. Like when I say that I'm going to do something, I know with conviction that I can make it happen. And it might not turn out exactly the way I planned or go smoothly, but it's just a deep knowing that I have myself and I know that I can get through whatever comes my way and that I'll be able to achieve the things that I set my mind to. 
to. But I definitely wasn't always like that growing up. I really struggled with a lot of insecurities. I had a lot of trouble with self-worth and I didn't feel valuable in my friendships. I was so unsure of who I was. I was constantly asking for other people's advice or opinions and I just kind of felt lost. Like I did not have a strong sense of intuition. I did not know who I was. So often can just remember being anxious or not confident. Like I would never want to speak in public or like every time I had a presentation, I would literally make myself sick over it. And I really, really struggled with this. So I completely understand if you're at a place where you're struggling with your self-confidence or you are having a really hard time with this. I have been there and I've done a lot of things to kind of build up my own sense of self and self-confidence to get to the place where I'm at now. But it has not been easy. And there are times where I still don't feel confident even today after I've done so much work in this area. There have been times where I literally could not stand to be in my own body because my inner critic and my brain was being so, so awful to myself. Like it was paralyzing. I got to points where I just was so miserable because of my own mindset. And it's so different from how I feel right now but thinking back can remember how awful it was for me during those time periods. I would have so much trouble listening to my inner cues and like would just be focusing on what I should be doing and I felt an overall sense of just unhappiness, unfulfillment, and anxiety in my own day-to-day life and focusing on these things really helped me to shift my perspective into who I am now and focusing on what parts of yourself can you accept and what parts of yourself do you have the power to change? Now, I think that building confidence truly just comes from continuing to build this relationship with yourself and proving to yourself that you can do the things that you set your mind to. So often, we are so quick to do things for other people. Let's say you're at work and your boss asks you to do something. You're going to do it. If you make plans with your best friend to go out to dinner, most likely you're going to be there. If you have an obligation for other people or school, you will meet the deadlines that you need to. But why is it that so often when we say those same things to ourselves, we're so much less likely to meet them? Like your commitment to yourself is so often the first thing to go when you have other obligations that come up. Think about if you had a friend and continuously that friend flaked on plans with you. They never were there when they said they were going to be. They never followed through on the things that they said they were going to do. Over time, you would start to lose trust in that friend. Now, it doesn't happen after one or two or even three times, but if that same friend continues to treat you in that way and not follow through on their commitments time after time, over a longer period, you'll start to lose trust in the friendship and in the relationship that you're not sure if you can count on the friend anymore. And the same exact thing happens when you start to do it to yourself. Self-confidence is all about following through because the way that you do one thing, even if it seems so, so small, is the way that you do everything. When you say that you're going to do something and then you don't do it, you're breaking a promise to yourself. One way that really helped me to start build self-confidence within my own capabilities was that I stopped breaking promises to myself. I started putting myself first. I prioritized myself, not in a selfish way, but in a way that allowed me to show up in my other relationships better and more present and more authentic because I felt more comfortable in my own body. I saw this quote that said, what would your life look like if you were impeccable with your words and your actions? And it really resonated with me because being able to follow through with your word and your actions is such an important quality that 
not only helps you build trust with other people, but it continues to help you build that trust with yourself. Every single time you don't follow through, it's almost like your subconscious is watching and kind of counting up votes for if you can really trust yourself. I think something that can be helpful with this is almost like stacking your wins. Figure out all of the little moments, the little points in the day where you say that you're going to do something or you set out to do something and then make sure that you do those things. So the first step is to make sure you're being realistic with yourself. If you're telling yourself that you are going to do all of these things, but realistically you're not going to get them done, then of course you're going to fall short every single time. But in a realistic way, starting small, let's say even with a morning routine, I think that this is such a good place to start stacking your wins and finding moments where you can have small wins throughout the day. So waking up and not snoozing your alarm, even if that means maybe you just set your alarm 10 minutes later so that you can get that extra 10 minutes of sleep without snoozing your alarm, you wake up, you get out of bed, first win. Then you make your bed, second win. Then when you're trying on your clothes for the day or if you've already laid out your clothes, you don't just like throw everything on the floor and leave your room in an organized way before either heading out to work or starting your day, third win. If you said you were going to go to a workout class or make yourself a good breakfast, you do those things so that each little step is a small win that continues to build momentum and confidence throughout your day. And it might sound a little crazy at first, like why is not snoozing your alarm or making yourself breakfast or making your bed going to build confidence? But it's not really about what the activity is. It's more so about did you say you were going to do something? And then your subconscious watches and says, did you do the thing? And if the answer is yes, that's a great way to start building self-confidence across the board. And then the way that you attack bigger problems and approach bigger obstacles, you can start to approach them with more confidence. Another huge part of building the relationship with yourself is starting to notice and become more self-aware of how you're talking to yourself. There is no way for you to be confident if you constantly talk down on yourself. We are so critical of ourselves, myself included, but you are the one person that you are always with. Imagine if you had a friend and the whole time they were just everything you did so critical, so judgmental, so mean, every little thing they would just pick apart. You would never want to hang out with them, but that's oftentimes how our minds operate. And obviously, we all have a lot of flaws. Everyone and everything is imperfect. But if you're constantly telling yourself negative things, it's so hard for you to show up in a more confident way. Like the way that you talk to yourself is a habit. Sometimes it's just habitual that the first thought that comes to your mind is negative. That happens to me all the time. But I heard a psychologist say one time, you might not be able to change your first thought, but you can change your second thought. So even if that first thought comes up and it might be negative or judgmental or critical, what you can do is change your second thought. Like immediately at work, something happens and you're like, oh, I'm so stupid. Okay. And then take a step back and say, no, I'm not stupid. I made a mistake. Everyone makes mistakes and I can learn from it and do better next time. And at first that might feel really hard for you to do. But over time, the more times you can catch yourself, the more times you'll start to notice your self-talk will shift in the other direction. This used to happen to me all the time. I was really critical of myself. I had a very perfectionistic mindset. And I've gotten to a place where I'm so much more gentle on myself and I just have way more realistic expectations. Like if I make a mistake, I don't immediately beat myself up because I value my brain and I value my thoughts and 
I learn from my mistakes rather than beating myself up over them. It's also just coming to terms with the fact that you just really have to be your own biggest cheerleader and best friend because you are stuck with yourself. There is truly no point in moving throughout life in a way that is so critical and judgmental of your own self. You've done that a million times and it doesn't make you any better. It doesn't make you a better friend. It doesn't make you smarter. It doesn't make you more money. Like it, it doesn't have any positive effects to be so horrible to yourself. It just makes you feel worse. So really, truly working on building that relationship with yourself, being your own best friend and thinking about like the common denominator of all of your friendships and all of your relationships is you. Like you feel loved and understood and you feel this warmth around all of your other friends. But 50% of the relationship is you. Like, you are also a person and that makes that relationship so great. So, start being a friend to yourself. You would never talk to someone that you love like that. A thing that I saw that I really liked was surrounding love languages. And I know that love languages is a popular topic. Having physical touch, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and words of affirmation. And so often, we're like obsessed with figuring out our friends and our partner's love languages to be able to give them love in the way that they want to receive it. But I saw this video and someone was like, why don't you figure out what your love language is and then start to practice self-love using your own love language to yourself? So, for example, if your love language is receiving gifts, instead of waiting for someone else to give you a gift, why don't you buy yourself flowers or order takeout or splurge on something that you've been wanting to get? Obviously, not all of the time, but it can just be little things. Or if your love language is quality time, schedule a date with yourself. Go to somewhere that you've been really wanting to try. Take yourself to one of your favorite coffee shops. Go to your favorite restaurant. If your love language is acts of service, maybe do something like clean up your space, cook yourself a really good meal, check off something on your to-do list. Like you can even do it with words of affirmation, write notes for yourself and start setting reminders on your phone, saying those things that you're waiting for someone else to say to you, just say them to yourself and start giving yourself what you're seeking in other people. Another thing in the sense of self-discovery while you're building this relationship with yourself, really taking the time to figure out what makes you uniquely you and figuring out what your values are, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, like sitting down with yourself and really thinking about these things, figuring out unique, cute things that you love that maybe other people don't or finding the things that make you feel like your most authentic self and doing those things, really just acting like you are a one of an original person because you are, like no one else in the world is like you. And that is something that is so incredible and so valuable. I was reading about what makes people so confident and one of the things that they said was teaching yourself a high value skill. So that could be literally anything. It could be writing, good communication, taking a class, playing a sport. Confident people have a high value skill. So it doesn't have to be something crazy like all of a sudden have an amazing voice or something like that. But once you're able to figure out something that you love or something that you really can bring value to other people, whatever that might be across the board, that can really help to build confidence. It's not even that you have the skill. It's the journey that you take to get the skill. Like you, yourself, no one else got you to the point to get to the skill. And it's just another thing that helps you prove to yourself that you can do hard things. For example, I talk about this a lot, but teaching yoga is something that has brought me so much confidence. I literally feel 
amazing teaching. I feel like my most authentic, happiest, most fulfilled self. Like it's a feeling I cannot even describe and it comes through in my teaching. Other people can definitely tell how happy it makes me. But learning yoga myself and then learning how to teach it to other people took so much time and energy and effort. And it was a skill that I completely cultivated from the ground up. I was not flexible growing up. I was one of the most uncoordinated people ever. I was never naturally good at any sort of athletic sports. Even though I always was involved in that sphere, it always was something I had to work towards. And yoga was one of the first things that I saw if I put in time and energy and effort into something, I could cultivate a skill. Like I started with not even being able to touch my toes. And now I'm at a place where I've spent thousands probably of hours doing and teaching and taking yoga classes to the point where like I've taught myself this skill that I now believe to be high value because I can teach it to other people. And it's probably one of like the top five things that has helped me build confidence in my own capabilities that spreads across the board to so many other things in my life. So in your own regard, finding something that you can work on is a really helpful way to build confidence. It doesn't have to be something that you share with other people. It can be something really personal or something that you enjoy, but just having the ability to work through something that's like not really tied to a job or monetary value, but just something that you can do just for you, I think is really beneficial. I also think working on strengthening your intuition is something that's really helpful for building confidence and really listening to your gut. Stop caring about what everyone else thinks and really just focusing on the things that you want to do. Everyone has intuition, but sometimes along the years, it kind of gets lost because you're so worried about what everyone else thinks and what you should be doing that you forget to think about what you actually want to be doing or what decision you actually want to make because you're so worried about what the outside perspective looks like. This is something that Sometimes when I am struggling, I notice is one of the first things to go. I have trouble making decisions. I feel not confident in my decisions. I'm not sure what I want to do in a given moment. Start becoming self-aware of where you're doing this in your life and then just work on it from a small scale. You can do it from, you know, buying an item or deciding where you want to eat. Like if you want to make a decision, stop for a second, really think about what would feel best to you in that moment and be supportive of your body and your mind and then just go with it and see how you feel. At a really small scale, let's say you love a pair of pants or something, instead of sending a picture to all of your friends and be like, what do you think? Should I buy it? Should I not buy it? Going back and forth, just buy it. If it's something that you like, then why does it matter what everyone else likes? They're not the ones that have to deal with it. You are the one that has the benefit and all the negatives of your decision. So it's not fair to leave those decisions up to someone else. I think starting at a smaller scale and starting to notice how many times you're outsourcing your decision to someone else can be really helpful to start to build up your intuition and really get back in touch with the things that you know are best for you. And on this train of how you stop caring about what everyone else thinks, I think this also goes along with overcoming social anxiety and I've struggled with this too and I know a lot of friends that struggle with this but I always go back to this one point people are so worried about if other people like them but you never stop to think do I actually like them in scenarios where you're going on a first date or you're meeting someone new or you're at work and like the whole time all you can think about oh do I sound smart am I funny does this person like me but so often you don't stop to think do I actually like the other person that I'm talking to and if the answer is no then why do you care so much about what the other person thinks. Another thing that has helped me with social anxiety is broadening my time horizons. And I talked about this a few episodes ago when I did the episode with Ali, but it's really helpful in this scenario too, starting to look at 
your interactions or decisions as will this matter in five minutes, in five days, in five months, in five years? And like, if it's not going to matter in these broader time horizons, then you should just do them. Like, stop closing yourself off from opportunities or experiences because you're worried about what other people will think or how you might look. Because the only one that is going to negatively benefit from that is you. You're going to miss out on the things that you want to do, on the life that you have to live, and you'll probably look back with regret, like, oh, I should have done that thing or I should have taken that chance or done that decision because the power of the butterfly effect and the power of just making these smaller decisions and putting yourself out there and meeting new people is so strong. And if you're so worried about what other people are going to think of you or how you might come off, it just hinders your everyday life. And I think the best thing is just to be like your true authentic self. And once you start doing that, more and more you'll almost give other people permission to show up as their authentic selves. If you're around people that are constantly judging you or, you know, just making you feel invaluable or not worthy, then those are not the people that you need to surround yourself with. You should be surrounding yourself with people that are uplifting to you and teaching you new things and helping you to grow and making you feel loved so that you can live your life and those are the people that matter. I always think if I'm struggling with someone that I interact with or someone at work and they're impacting me in a negative way, more often than not, it's a them problem and it's not a you problem. Like if someone's rude to you or if someone's critical or making fun of you, so often they're struggling with something and they're projecting it onto you because happy, confident, secure people are not the people that are taking other people down, you know? Like it's always the people that are struggling with themselves that have the most to say to other people because they're unhappy themselves and misery loves company type thing. But really one of the most freeing things is to just stop caring what other people think and do what you want to do and it opens up so much possibility and joy and fulfillment into your own life. Another thing that I think builds confidence is pushing yourself through fear and going outside of your comfort zone. People think that successful people just have no fear or they just got to this place easily, but everyone has fear. Like everyone has the same amount of fear. It's just those people that are willing to kind of push beyond that fear, go outside their comfort zone, and then be open to opportunities, having this growth mindset, believing that even if they fail, they'll still be okay. Like they'll still be able to make their way through it. You will never be able to grow just by sitting inside your comfort zone. And I think once you kind of go through that journey of going outside of your comfort zone, either succeeding or failing, and then realizing that you're okay either way is where you can start to build that belief in yourself that you got you and it it worked out or it didn't work out, but you learned from it and you grew from it and that's part of building confidence in itself. The next thing that I think is extremely important is taking physical care of your body. And this goes back to what I said about the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you are not taking physical care of your body, then so much of these other areas are harder to grow in. The first thing, sleep. Humans need to sleep at least, I don't know, for me, I need like eight hours of sleep. Some people can function off like six hours of sleep, but if you're not getting deep quality sleep, it impacts your decision making, it impacts your mood, it impacts your outlook and mindset on life. So, so start yourself off right and at a baseline, make sure that you're getting good quality sleep so that you can do all of the other things that you want to do with happiness and confidence. The next one is nourishing your body and making sure that you're eating enough and fueling with nutrients that make your body feel good and not just running off like caffeine or other things that are just damaging to your body. Knowing that if 
body image is something that you struggle with, which is something that I've struggled with in the past, that your brain and your thoughts are so much more important than your physical body. If this is not something that you struggle with, you can skip forward to the next one, but I know that body image is something that a lot of people struggle with, myself included. So some thoughts that I've had that have really helped me are thinking about what your body does for you in a positive way and what do you love about your favorite people that has nothing to do with how their body looks. Like think about your best friend for a moment and just like think about all of the amazing things that are the reasons why you love them. Their presence, their ability to understand you, their ability to show up for you, how they treat other people, how intelligent or funny or caring that they are, like how warm they are. None of these things have to do with how they look. Like if I ask you to describe your best friend, you would never start off with or even get to what they look like. Another thing that I always think about when I'm struggling is kind of morbid, but at your funeral, think about what you want people to say about you. If someone was giving a speech about you at your funeral, they wouldn't say like, oh, they're this height, this weight, their skin looks like this, their hair looks like this. Like literally no one cares at that point. Think about what kind of legacy you want to leave and what kind of values that you have as a person. And any time spent focusing on your body image or what you look like or picking yourself apart just takes you further away from your values. So I always like to literally imagine you're meeting someone new and they ask you to describe your best friend and think about the qualities that you would say about yourself and the essence of like who you are as a person instead of what your physical body looks like. The next one is to forgive yourself for your mistakes. A lot of times we can feel insecure or uncomfortable reflecting on our past or our past failures, but ruminating on your past mistakes is not helpful because always your hindsight is 2020, Monday morning quarterback, all of that jazz. Obviously, you're going to have more insight into the situation once it's already passed. You can always make a better decision on a previous situation because you've lived through it already. But at that time, you only did the best that you can with the information that you had. And ruminating on your past mistakes and beating yourself up for them and thinking that you should have done something else, it's just not helpful because you can't change it. So once you're able to process it and work through it and learn from it and forgive yourself for it, it can almost become one of your strengths that allow you to connect with people more deeply or become more relatable or help other people. If you were perfect and did everything perfectly, it would be so hard to relate to another person or connect with them. So many things that I've done wrong or that I've messed up help to make me a more relatable person to other people and allow me to connect with people on a deeper level and shaped the person who I am today. So obviously every little moment kind of brings you to where you are now and who knows where your life would be if you did something else, but it is very easy to romanticize a life that you didn't live. And at the end of the day, you made a decision. It led you to this place and ruminating on it is not going to help you get to any further place. So forgiving yourself for your mistakes and learning from them can help to just like strengthen your overall sense of self and help you to move forward in a positive direction. My next one is something that I kind of always groan when I hear other people say, but I'm learning how powerful it is and that is affirmations. And so many times I think people mention this, but it's hard at the beginning and I've struggled with this too. Like I've had therapists or friends or YouTube videos or podcasts say like, oh, the power of affirmations. And I never really understood it. I was like, why is that helpful? How is that going to help me become more confident? It feels almost fake to just say like, I am XYZ. I am XYZ. And it's really hard to believe, especially at first. But as I've come to discover like how powerful your brain is, 
your brain will just start to believe whatever you tell it. We are very adaptable creatures and we are very affected by our environment. And over time, the more you tell yourself something, the more that you're going to believe it negatively or positively. So it might not stick the first time or the second time or the third time or even the 10th or 20th time, but eventually your brain will start to believe it. So if you're going to fill your brain with like negative information time and time again, it's going to be your default. It's going to be what you believe. And I've spent so much time kind of retraining my brain to think more positively about how I view myself because I spent so much time putting in the negative defaults into my brain and it takes time to turn those over and overcome it but it just feels so much better like I talked about this in one of my other episodes briefly of like looking at yourself in the mirror and saying something positive and at first it feels cringy and it feels fake and you don't believe it but time after time again if you choose positive over the times that you choose negative it does make a difference and you will notice your self-talk start to change. And if you're hesitant to try this, think about why. What is the harm in you just trying once a day to look at yourself in the mirror and say something nice about yourself that has nothing to do with your physical appearance? Say, I'm smart. I'm a good friend. I am capable of doing the things that I set my mind to. I am present. I'm loving. I'm caring. You could name a million different things about yourself and just continuing to build yourself up because it is your own responsibility to build yourself up. It's not someone else's responsibility. Other people can tell you things a million times, but until you truly believe it yourself, it's not going to matter. So working on that relationship with yourself, being nicer to yourself, and really working on how you talk to yourself, I think has the power to change so much. My next one is something that I've struggled with, working on being compassionate with yourself instead of comparing yourself to other people. And I think this is really, really easy to do with social media. Like it is so easy to just see the highlight reel of someone else's life, the best picture out of the 100 pictures that they took, the new job that someone got, but you don't see the 40 jobs that they got rejected from. Like you only see that one highlight reel. And think about like what you post for yourself to prove yourself that it's true. Like I do this, I take a million pictures and I post the best one or I post a work highlight, but I didn't say like the five things that happened at work last week that stressed me out. And everyone does this. But when you're comparing your every day to someone's best day, it's always going to fall short. So I think going through your social media and either choosing to spend less time on social media, which is really one of the biggest things that helps me, or just, you know, unfollowing people that don't make you feel good or looking for people that are more authentic and vulnerable on social media. I follow this girl, Brie. I forget her last name. I can link it in the show notes, but she posts like posed versus unposed pictures on Instagram and they're literally seconds apart, but she looks so different and it's really helpful to see like kind of breaking that barrier between what you see and what someone else posts I think is really helpful but just kind of being gentle with yourself like you really truly never know where someone else is at and they could seem like they have it all together and they're on this perfect path and they don't struggle with anything but you will never truly know what someone else goes through everyone is struggling with their own battles and at the end of the day like they're not you and you're own sense of uniqueness is what you can offer to the world. Being like someone else is boring. Like, why would you want to be exactly like someone else? They already exist. 
there's no value add to the world for you to be exactly like someone else that already exists. So as much as it can be tempting to be like, oh, I wish I had that person's life. I wish I had their job or their body or the amount of money that they have or the amount of fame and success that they have. You also have to just take a step back and recognize like everyone is struggling with something and it is something that you'll never know about. No one is perfect. We all have things going on that we struggle with, things that make us unique. We have our strengths and our weaknesses and that is what makes us human. I know that building self-confidence and building love for yourself can feel like an impossible task sometimes, but it is definitely a task worth taking on by focusing on what makes you unique, taking care of your physical and mental health, really working on the way that you talk to yourself, finding the things that make you feel like the most authentic version of yourself, and stop caring so much about what everyone else thinks. I promise you it will change your life in ways beyond what you could have ever imagined like no amount of working out and eating healthy and getting promoted at work how much money is your bank account is going to bring you the same sense of happiness and peace and fulfillment as working on your relationship with yourself so i hope that this episode was helpful for you as always if you ever want to chat dm me at the recalibrate.podcast instagram i would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and what you try out this week if you're new here make sure you follow or subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it I hope you have an amazing rest of your day or night or week. I am so, so grateful for all of you for listening and for following along. And I will talk to you again next Tuesday.